Hello all, welcome back to It's Alive and welcome if you're a new listener. Today I will be covering a very interesting case that I personally had no idea about and it will be just me again, no friends. Yep, social distancing. So, the case that I will be covering today is about Dominique Dunn, who was an actress. She is mostly well known for her role in the poltergeist. Dominique was 21 years old in 1981 when she met her boyfriend, who, spoiler alert, ended up taking her life. The reason that I want to bring this story to light is because I didn't know about it. It is atrocious. It is one of the most mishandled and butchered cases that I've ever heard about. And quite frankly, I can't think of a case that's worse than that. But I'm sure there is. I'm sure the justice system is failing us all all the time. I'm quite angry about it. And I would like to get other human beings angry about it too. Notice how I didn't say women, because you have to be an empathetic human being. You don't have to be a woman to be scared for your life and to be enraged at the violence against women and at society failing to protect them. All you have to be is an empathetic human being. Bare minimum, guys. Anyway, I'll stop rambling. Like I said, she was 21 years old, 1981, when she met John Sweeney at a party. Sweeney was seven years her senior, and the attraction was instant. Sadly, rather than leading to love and marriage, it led to divorce and death. The petite Dominique, daughter of a writer and movie producer Dominique Dunn, sister to actor Griffin Dunn, Dunn, sorry, accent, a niece to authors John Didion and John Gregory Dunn seemed destined to make it in the celebrity-soaked world of Los Angeles. By comparison, the athletic Sweeney grew up in Pennsylvania, the son of an alcoholic who frequently watched his father beat his mother. Both were creative types. Dominic was an actress with a handful of roles under her belt, while John was chef assistant to Wolfgang Puck at the trendy and glamorous Mamazon restaurant. On the surface, they made a good match. Both loved Europe, animals, and cooking. Dominique was a very much an animal rescuer. Her, diminu- her diminutive size contrasted nicely to his just over six foot frame. Both were ambitious. Sweeney, however, desperately wanted to fit into the elegant world of LA and Hollywood. He saw nightly at Mamazon. Dominique gave him entry into that world. He began to display controlling and jealous behavior. They would fight and Dominique would leave their shared residence to return to her mother to escape Sweeney's abuse. Unfortunately, after a few days apart, she would inevitably return. 
On August 27, 1982, after a particular bitter argument, Sweeney grabbed her long dark, 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 sorry, dark hair and yanked her so viciously that handfuls of it came out in clumps. A frightened Dominic ran to her mother's house, where Sweeney followed. He banged on the doors and windows, demanding to be let in. Lenny threatened to call the police, Dominic's mum. Sweeney returned to their West Hollywood home to wait out Dominic. She returned a few days later. Many people would say, why is she returning? Why does she keep coming back to him? If you guys are not really familiar with how abuse works in relationships, it's very often that the victim is gaslit, the victim is lied to, they're they're forced to not judge their own... um, to not trust their own judgment, to not be able to believe their own version of reality, basically. It's a very intricate form of brainwash. And even though they've known each other for only a few weeks, if he was physically abusive, I do believe that fear was a huge factor into just scaring sense, the, sense, the, the common sense out of her, if that makes any sense. But yeah, it's, 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 it's difficult to leave, and I speak from experience, it's difficult to leave an abusive relationship. It's almost impossible, so it's extremely common for victims to go back. Barely a month later, on September 26, 1982, another argument ensued, and Sweeney grabbed Dominic by the throat, threw her on the floor and began strangling her. A friend who was staying with the couple at the time heard the assault and ran into the room where the actress was being attacked. Dominic told her friend Sweeney had tried to kill her. Like any classic abuser, he denied it and suggested that she come back to bed. She pretended to comply but instead snuck out the bathroom window when he heard her car engine start up. He threw himself on the hood of her car and only jumped off when Dominique briefly stopped. She escaped again to her mother's and also tried friends' homes. When she called Sweeney and ended their relationship, he moved out. While she changed the locks locks after moving back in. (sighs) This is is quite awful. And also, um, she took part in a play where she had to, uh, her character was heavily abused by the character's mom. And for that specific, for that specific role, uh, I read that she didn't even have to wear makeup because she already had all these terrible, terrible bruises from Sweeney. So she just acted, you know, she just showed up and acted in her bruises. Despite the volatile nature of her personal life, Dominique's career was steaming full speed ahead. Her first role had been in a movie of the week in 1979, and by 1981, when she met John Sweeney, she had added several other television and movie television movies and some popular television programs of the day to her to her resume, including Lou Grant, Chips, Fame, and Heart to Heart. In 1981, she was cast in her first. She was cast in her first, and what would be her only theatrical film, 
Steven Spiel Spielberg's classic ghost tale, Poltergeist, which would be released four months before her death. She also had a memorable guest role on Hill Street Blues, in which she played a teen girl abused by her mother. This is the case that I mentioned earlier. The day before Dominic arrived to shoot the scene, Sweeney gave her a beating that resulted in bruises. Showing up on set with a bruised face, Sweeney's act gave the makeup department a break that day. Not much work has been needed for Dominic. The bruises seen on her face in the episode were real. And here I have to mention, why did nobody ask where these bruises came from? And why was nobody concerned for this girl's safety? Why did they see it as something good? Because of her role. This just goes to say, and I understand that the industry, that the industry is already so devious. But it's just so disgusting to think about. It's so disgusting to think about. By the time she finally broke off the relationship with Sweeney, with Sweeney Dominic had got on a roll in Five, a miniseries about alien invasion. On the evening of October 30th, 1982, she was rehearsing scenes for Five with an actor, David Packer, when Sweeney showed up uninvited and unexpectedly, unexpectedly and demanded that she speak with him. After hesitating, she stepped outside to the front yard with Sweeney, leaving Packer inside. Packer offered to leave, but she requested that he stay. Dominic and Swede Sweeney almost immediately began to argue. Packer later said he heard slapping sounds, two screams, and then a thud. Frightened, he called the police, only to be told that Dominic's home was out of their jurisdiction. He then called a friend, telling him that if he was found dead, John Sweeney had done it. Packer left the home through a back door and found Sweeney near the driveway, kneeling over Dominic. Spotting Packer, Sweeney told him to call the police. When the police arrived, Sweeney put his hands in the air and informed them that he had killed his girlfriend and had attempted to kill himself with pills. <clears throat> While Sweeney was hustled off to jail, Dominic was rushed to Cedar Sinai and placed on life support after her heart had stopped. Her father, Dominic, would later recall seeing his daughter in hospital after doctors had screwed a bolt into her skull to relieve the pressure of her brain caused by the strangulation. Her long, beautiful hair, the same hair that Sweeney had grabbed in his fist to pull out, had been shaved off for the procedure. Her eyes were open and grotesquely enlarged from the assault. Tubes were everywhere, but the marks of John Sweeney's hands were still visible on her purpled and bruised neck. And as far as I know, as soon as uh, police actually arrived on the scene, what John said was, I've killed her. I've uh, he said something along the lines of, I've killed her, I've killed her. Um, I've ruined it again or I've done it again something along the lines which the police officer called in court and said hey um, this sounds kind of familiar he may have done this to some other exes before we should look into this which obviously was ignored by the court 
which I will later get into. Dominic remained in a coma for the next five days, never regaining consciousness. Once the family realized there was no hope, they had the life support machines that were keeping her heart beating turned off. It was November 4th, 1982, 19 days before her 23rd birthday. Even in death, Dominic would be kind and giving. Her kidneys were given to two patients in Cedar Sinai, awaiting transplant, and her heart was sent to a hospital in San Francisco. John Sweeney, now graduated from an attempted murder charge to first-degree murder, he pled not guilty and was also charged with assault, with intent to do great bodily harm, resulting from the September 26th incident. He denied assaulting Dominic, claiming that he had been trying to prevent her from leaving their home. Apparently, in John Sweeney's household, strangling somehow keeps them from leaving. It's perfectly normal. <clears throat> Sweeney's murder trial began in August 1983, preceded over by Judge Burton Katz, a man perhaps best known for being the Los Angeles deputy district attorney that successfully prosecuted Charles Manson, Bruce Davis and Steve Grogan in 1971 for the 1969 murders of musician Gary Hinman and ranch hand Donald Shorty She Katz. Involvement in this trial would add grievous insult to injury for the Dunn family. The prosecution called a former girlfriend of Sweeney's, Lillian Pierce, in order to establish history of his violent behavior. She and Sweeney had dated from 1977 until 1980. During the course of their relationship, she stated that she was assaulted by him on 10 occasions and was hospitalized twice for injuries from his assault. One hospitalization was for four days, another for six. During one of those assaults, she suffered a perforated eardrum and a collapsed lung. Later, she would sustain a broken nose for him. She recounted how Sweeney would foam at the mouth while he lost control. She had seen him smash furniture and pictures. He had even thrown rocks at her when she tried to leave him. If that doesn't scream animal to you, I don't know what does. I don't, this is why we're scared of men. This is just inhumane. I do not even, I can't even begin to understand the rage. Sweeney's attorney, Michael Adelson, went after Lillian Pierce as if she were the guilty party. He accused her of being a drunk, an addict, even suggested that she had brought such violence upon herself and deserved what she got, which is just an infuriating thing to say. Infuriating. It was shameful and it was a tactic he followed when he attempted to besmirch Dominic's character. Piers testified out of the presence of the jury while Katz deliberated over whether to allow her as a witness. While she spoke, Sweeney became enraged, jumping to his feet and tore at the door, leading the judge's chambers. He was restrained by two bailiffs and four armed guards and cried when he returned to his chair, where he was handcuffed. What a man-child. He apologized to Katz, and Katz not only accepted his apology, but did so with, We know what strain you're under, Mr. Sweeney. 
Cats who appeared to have little sympathy for the victim and her family and who continuously mispronounced Dominique's name apparently was empathetic with the man who had killed her. And yeah, if you guys have lost track of the names, Katz was the Katz was the judge. <laughs> How professional. How professional. A reporter from a local paper was in attendance and wrote about the incident. At Adelson's request, Katz would admonish this reporter for exaggerating the incident and issuing a gag order to all parties. This would be the first incident of Katz bending over backwards for the defense. This would not be, sorry, this would not be the first incident of Katz bending over backwards for the defense. He would continuously prove to be far more solicitous of a murderer than a victim and her family. Katz wasn't alone. Adelson had a particular bone to pick with, Dun with the Dunn family. Lenny, that is um, Dominic's mother, suffering with multiple sclerosis, was in a wheelchair. Adelson felt that her presence in the courtroom with her wheelchair would elicit sympathy from the jury and wanted her banned. Can you guys even believe that? Her wheelchair will elicit sympathy from the jury. She is the victim's mother. And then she was banned from trial. <sighs> Shall we even go into the Golden State, Real, uh, Golden State Real, River Killer? Sorry. I'm getting, getting heated. That was using a wheelchair that he didn't even need in court. Oh my God. This is enraging. Anyway, anyway, Katz surprisingly did not agree. Adelson did request and was granted by Katz an order that any emotional outburst by the Dunn family, including crying, eye rolling, and or making any type of exclamation, would result in their being removed one day for having tears in their eyes. Sorry, in, in them being removed from the courtroom sorry apologies he tried to have dominic's brother removed one day for having tears in his eyes when the brothers changed seats while sweeney was testifying in order to be in his line of sight adelson pissily tried to get the brothers tossed from the courtroom he was denied but not for long he also requested that cats rule pierce's testimony this is um the ex-girlfriend who came in to testify. Inadmissible, as it was, quote, prejudicial, end quote. And Katz granted the request. So we have a key witness here who was going to prove a pattern to the jury. And that witness was not allowed in. Cat action, a grievous error in my opinion, and in everybody's opinion, in every sane person's opinion, I should hope so, meant the jury would not hear of John Sweeney's violent history and outbursts until after the trial. Katz also refused to allow Dominic's mother, Lenny, and Dominic's friends to testify about the abuse Dominic suffered at Sweeney's hands and the fear she was in 
ruling that their statements were hearsay. <coughs> hearsay. This is literal evidence that he claims to be hearsay. Un- unbelievable, and this is just disgusting. On August 29th, Adelson moved. That Adelson moved that cat's rule. That there was insufficient evidence. Sorry, <coughs> I'm not really sure what my notes are saying here. Adelson requested a cat's rule that there was insufficient evidence to try Sweeney on the charge of first-degree murder, as there was no evidence of predetermination or deliberation. Cat's overobliging of Sweeney and the defense granted the motion taking the first-degree murder charge off the table and allowing the jury to deliberate only on manslaughter or second-degree. This decision, along with not allowing Lillian Pierce, Lenny Dunn or Dominic's friends to testify, effectively dismantled the prosecution's case. Sweeney took the stand in his own defense, claiming that he and Dominic had reconciled and he had meant her no harm on October 30th, 1982. He stated, the two planned on moving back in together and had discussed getting married and having children. According to Sweeney, Dominic had suddenly changed her mind and told him that she had lied to him about reconciling and had intentionally led him on he just exploded and lunged toward her in his own words but claimed to have no recollection of attacking her until he was on top of her with his hands around her neck and she was not breathing he stated he attempted to revive her by walking her around but she fell an attempted cpr was made which he says made dominic vomit causing him to vomit. At that point, he ran into the house, consumed two bottles of pills in an attempt to kill himself, a clearly less than successful venture. And may we just say there's literally no evidence of any of this happening. Her friend was there, her friend didn't see any of that. So how is this not hearsay? Anyway, he then lay in the driveway next to Dominic, after pulling her tongue out of her throat, something he said he had done for his epileptic father. Adelson claimed these actions proved that Sweeney did not act with malice and had in fact acted in the heat of passion provoked by Dominic. Bad woman, bad. Dominic's family and friends were rightfully outraged. They disputed that the couple had reconciled and said that Sweeney had gone to her home on October 30th in an attempt to get her to change her mind because she had firmly told him their breakup was permanent. The police also disputed Sweeney's version of events as there was no evidence he had consumed any pills and they found him to be calm and collected. The first officer at the scene recalled Sweeney telling him Oh, this is exactly the quote. I'm sorry. I couldn't re- remember it earlier. Good thing I took it down. Man, I blew it. I killed her. I didn't think I choked her that hard. But I don't know. I just kept on choking her. I just lost my temper and blew it again. 
to further dispute John Sweeney's testimony and in direct contradiction to his claim of heat of passion, the medical examiner testified that Dominic had been strangled for between four and six minutes, more than enough time for Sweeney to regain himself and his control, and also plenty of time for him to look into her eyes as he killed her. Yet despite this, Katz had determined there was not sufficient evidence to try John Sweeney for first-degree murder, which is obviously just ridiculous and infuriating. If this isn't first-degree murder, quite frankly, I don't know what is. The jury deliberated for eight days, returning with a verdict on September 21st, 1983, that John Sweeney was acquitted of second-degree murder and found guilty of voluntary manslaughter, a much lesser charge. He was also convicted of misdemeanor assault for the September 26, 1982 attack on Dominic. It mattered little to the Dunn family, whose wounds were reopened with the verdict. Adelson, ever the professional, was gleeful at the verdict. In an act of supreme grossness, he even began calling for Sweeney to get probation. Thankfully, Katz did not grant, did not grant it, but the damage had been done to his own character, to Dominic's loved ones and to justice. Outrage extended beyond the dance and the courtroom. A victim rights group called Victims for Victims, established by by the actress Teresa Saldano, protested the verdict by staging a march outside the courthouse. Media outlets debated the outcome of the trial, directing harsh criticism towards cats. On November 7, 1983, John Sweeney was sentenced to the maximum, a whooping six years in prison for murdering Dominic Dunn, plus additional six months for the misdemeanor assault charge. Amazingly, during the sentencing, Katz, in a mind-altering act of backpedaling, criticized the jury for the handing down a sentencing, for handing down a sentencing he basically gift wrapped for them, stating that Dominic's death was quote, a case pure and simple of murder, murder with malice, end quote. Such a statement does make you wonder what it was. What what if that was the case? How did he toss first-degree murder out the window in good conscience? The jury foreman would say that Kat's comment was a cheap shot and at that if the jury had heard all the evidence i.e. the evidence that Katz himself would not prefer would not permit the jury to hear so i'm just getting so angry at this because this is absolutely ridiculous they would have convicted sweeney of murder if they had heard the evidence not manslaughter murder the foreman would also later say that the judge's instructions to the jury were incomprehensible. Four times while deliberating, deliberating, the jury asked for clarification on the instructions and the judge would only say the answers to the questions were in the instructions. At the time, the jury was deadlocked. 
five minutes before handing down his sentence to Sweeney. Katz sentenced a man who had committed a non-violent robbery at a flower shop to five years. So I don't know what the difference is. I, I don't really understand the difference here. Why was he so set on helping Sweeney? What was going on really? John Sweeney was sentenced to a medium security prison in California to serve out his joke of a sentence in September 1986 after serving three years of his six-year sentence Sweeney was paroled three months later he was hired as a head chef at the upscale the Chronicle in Santa Monica upon finding out where he was working Dominic's brother Griffin and Dominic's mother Lenny handed out flyers to the restaurant patrons that said, simply, quote, the food you will eat tonight was cooked by the hands that killed Dominic Dunn, end quote. The flyers had the desired effect. Sweeney, tired of the pressure and protests, had quit moving away from LA. In the mid-1990s, Dominic Dunn was contacted by a Florida doctor who, after reading Dunn's article, sorry, Dominic, I mean the father, uh, the spelling is different, but the name sounds similar. So this is the father of Dominic, the victim. He was contacted by a Florida doctor who, after reading Dunn's article on his daughter's murder in Vanity Fair, worried that his own daughter was engaged to Dominic's killer. His name was John Sweeney. He was a chef and it turned out that he was the same man who murdered Dominic's daughter. Griffin Dunn contacted the woman to try and convince her to call off her engagement and get away from Sweeney. Sweeney accused the dance of harassment and changed his name to John Mora. It was rumored he relocated for a time to the Pacific North Northwest before returning to California. <sighs> I cannot believe this man. I cannot believe this man. He literally accused them of harassment. The cheek the cheek this man has i swear abusers only have the audacity this is all they got they only got that audacity and the, the lack of empathy <laughs> dominic dunn hired a private investigator anthony pelicano to have sweeney slash mora followed for a time after he learned that the man had relocated to the pacific northwest he decided that he did not want to devote his life and energies to the man who killed his daughter. There was a letter that Dominic had wrote to Sweeney in 1982, which states, quote, You do not love me. You are obsessed with me. Which is more than enough proof to say that she was in an abusive relationship. And this is just a small quote from a very large letter in which she addresses that he is incredibly controlling and abusive to her. Which also wasn't part of the evidence, because why? <laughs> why? Why do we need any of that? It's all just hearsay. I mean, she probably made it up. You know how women get. And so life went on for the principal players, all except for Dominic. Following the virulent opinions on how he handled the Sweeney case and being voted the fourth worst judge to sit on the bench in Los Angeles, Burton S. Katz transferred to juvenile court in Silmar. He wrote a book on the problems with the justice system, as well as he as well as becoming a commentator and writer for the MSNBC and Time Warner. 
As of this date, he is retired from the bench, but provides private attributions and mediation services. The two prosecutors and two defense attorneys continued with their legal careers after the Dunn slash Sweeney trial. Detective Harold Johnson, the man who had driven to Lenny's house to notify her that Dominic was at Cedar Sinai and near death and who had tracked down Sweeney's former girlfriend Lillian Pierce, a veteran law enforcement officer of over 25 years, told Dominic Dunn, the father, that he had fervently believed in the justice system his entire career until Dominic's case that had caused him to lose faith in the system. Dominic's older brother Griffin carved out a successful career for himself in Hollywood, acting in television and film before branching out into producing and directing. He was nominated for an Academy Award in 2005 for his short film Duke of Groove. His daughter Hannah, like her father and her aunt, is an actress. And so this is all I have on the case and it is incredibly disgusting, atrocious. This is a crime against humanity in my opinion. Just the fact that it is in the past doesn't mean that justice should not be pursued. This should be this should be put out as an example of what not to do. Of what literally not to do. I hope this judge suffers. I hope this judge suffers some kind of consequences. I know that he's old, he's retired, but this is just atrocious. So this this guy, John Sweeney, or whatever his name is now, is just living carefree, probably abusing someone else. <laughs> Who knows how many other people he's killed. But hey, it's all hearsay, isn't it? Here to piss you off, Irina Taniva from It's Alive. <laughs>